God, we want to get in our lesson again this morning. Amen. Hopefully, we have struck a chord. Hopefully, we have struck a note. Amen. On prayer this morning. Amen. Is very important. Probably one of the most important subjects in the whole scripture, other than salvation. You know, and uh, the Lord says, "My house shall be called the house of prayer for all men." Amen. And so. We need to pray. Amen. We need, if there's ever been a time we need to pray, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Amen. Praise God. So we were talking about prayer, amen, and last week, and we was going through our sheet, and we saw as we were looking at this how to pray, amen, you know, Jesus says, I would that men would pray and would not faint, he wants us, he's given us an example, he's shown us an example, amen. Once we have knowledge of the truth, and once we have been born again of the water and the spirit, there should be something that opens up inside of us that say, I want to be like Christ, I want to know more about Christ, I want to communicate with Christ, and that's, you know, what prayer comes in. Prayer is so important in our communication. You know, I think if a lot of people would talk more, they would have a lot uh you know, uh, more joy in some degree, you know, sharing with God and, you know, just sitting down and having a little talk with Jesus, as the song say, make it all right. Amen. Just get in there and begin to talk to God about things, you know. We don't want a prayer to be our spare tire. We want it to be our steering wheel. We, we want it to guide us. We want us to keep us in the middle of the road. And that's what it will do. When we need to turn, we want to be able to hear the voice of God telling us to turn. Amen. So last week we was looking at, you know, how to pray. And we was going through our sheet. If you have your sheet, we saw that we entered the, his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Amen. And it gave us some, some directions here about how we should pray at each one of these implements in the, in the tabernacle from the gate to the altar to the brazen labor to the showbread to the candlestick to the altar of incense. Amen. And so we was talking about that. And then we got down to the part where we were going to enter into the holies of all, the holies of holies. Amen. And, and so on your sheet there, we see it says, Only one man, the high priest, was permitted to enter into the most holy place once a year of the Day of Atonement, or the Day of Reconciliation, Day of Reparation. Amen. God, if you notice in Exodus 12, when God told Moses to choose a lamb, they chose it on the 10th, and they was to kill it on the 14th. Amen. Which was the Day of Atonement. It was that reconciliation, the payment for our sins. Amen. Aren't you glad that God made a way, amen, to take your sins away? So we come into this place, amen. The room called the Holies of Holies represents the Holy Ghost experience. It was the closest that man could get to God here on earth, amen. This is why we need the Holy Ghost. Notice, the Holy Ghost is the closest we can get to man here on earth, amen. Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
Jesus says, I will be in you. I will dwell in you and walk in you, and you shall be my people. Amen. So it's important that we realize the value and the importance of the Holy Ghost. The veil that separated the holy place and the holies of holies represents the barriers between God and man that exist before the death of Jesus Christ. Now, you remember the Scripture tells us that the walls of petitions was broken down. God made a way. The veil of the temple, according to Matthew 27:51, was rent from top to bottom to give us free access. You don't have to go now to sit in some booth and confess your sins on a Friday afternoon to anybody. You can go directly to Jesus Christ yourself. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16 says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may have mercy of team grace and have mercy in time to help us in the time of need. Amen. We have free access. Nothing stops us from getting a hold of God in prayer. We can go to Him at any time. 24-7 should, is, is the opportunity. If I wake up in the middle of the night and I want to pray, I can pray. You know, <clears throat> it's important that we realize the value of, of what God has prepared for us here. Amen. The high priest was the only one that could go, but when God went that veil, He says, now you can come. Amen. You don't have to delay your process. You can come, amen, anytime you so desire unto the holies of holies. Amen. The veil was torn. It was symbolized the abilities of every believer to approach God through the death of Jesus Christ. What a way. <clears throat> what an opportunity. The high priest wore a simple white linen robe. We too must lose our identity when we enter the holies of holies to worship and commune with God. The Bible tells us in Psalms 95.6, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are His people and the sheep of His pastor. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Amen. When we come into God's presence, it ain't about status. It's just about, God, I need to have a little talk with you. I just need to make my petitions known unto God. Amen. So praying in the holies of holies, we thank God for his death on the cross and for the new and living way he has prepared for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. So here you want to thank God for his death. God, I thank you that you was willing to die, that you was willing to become the old sacrificial lamb to take my place, amen, and on an old rugged cross, amen. God, I'm thankful for Calvary. Amen. That song we just sung on Calvary's Hill of Sorrow. God, you didn't have to do it, but I'm thankful. Amen. That you was willing to die that I might live. You want to talk to God about that. You want to thank God that salvation is extended to all and that everyone can enter into God's presence and commune with Him. 
Amen. You want to thank Him for the plan of salvation. God, I thank You that I've been baptized in Your name. I'm thankful that You filled me with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You want to communicate these things. Amen. You want to thank God for this better way and this new covenant uh, that You are entered into Him now. God, I thank You that You've shown me the way. God, I'm thankful that You have opened my eyes that I can see truth versus error. God, I know I made many mistakes before, but I thank you that you have opened my understanding that I can see the directions in my life and the way that I should go now. I thank you, Lord, that the light has been brought, that I'm no longer walking in darkness, but I'm walking in the light, amen, the truth, amen. You want to thank God for his beautiful presence, amen. God, in your sanctuary is beauty. You give me beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for morning, the garment of praise for the spirits of heaviness, that you might be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that you might be glorified. You want to thank God, amen, for just this opportunity now to be in his presence. Amen. God, I'm so thankful that, that you made a way for me to come before you constantly. Amen. To make my petitions known, God. I'm thankful, God, that I don't have to go through anybody else to come to you, to, to talk to you, to share you know, my desire and my needs, amen, with you. Then we come inside of the holies. The holies was the mercy seat, uh, amen, which sat upon the ark of the covenant. The mercy seat uh, on the lid of the ark of the covenant were two golden angels facing each other. The presence of God between these two angels, amen. If you remember in Isaiah 6, Isaiah, amen, it starts out in Isaiah 6, he says, In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. He says, Above it stood the serpents, each having six wings, and with twain they covered their face, and with twain they covered their feet, and with twain they did fly, and they cried one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Amen. Throughout Scripture, you find that the Bible mentions about angels, but usually two angels are given by name. Uh, in Scripture, one is Gabriel and the other is Michael. Amen. And you notice as you follow those two angels, you find that Gabriel is more of a messenger angel. He comes and he brings God's messages to the people. And you find Michael is more of a warring angel. Amen. And so these two angels, I believe, would be a reflection of those that are right there with God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. When Jesus died... And was buried. And on the third day after the resurrection, when the women went to the tombs and they looked inside of the tombs, there was two angels. One was at the head and one was at the foot. And they said, we know you're seeking Jesus. He's not here. He's risen. Amen. So... The mercy seat. Lamentations 3, you know, Jeremiah would write, he says, It is of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. They're new 
Every morning, great is thy faithfulness. It's the mercy seat, not getting what we want, what we deserve. God forgive us of, of our wrongs here. It's here we can obtain mercy. This is why Isaiah also, in the 55th chapter, in the, the seventh, 6th and 7th verse, he says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the right, uh, wicked man forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord, even unto our God, and he shall what? Have mercy and, and shall abundantly pardon. That's why we need to seek God when we're wrong, when we do wrong. We need to come to get mercy. I don't need to, to walk around in guilt and, 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 and feeling bad. I need to have mercy for my wrong. Amen. So I want to seek Him. Amen. Come boldly. He's opened the door. He's made a way. There's nothing stopping you from sharing with God to obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. Praise God. So we want to enter, come before that mercy seat. Amen. Pour out your, you know, your, your, your soul, your things that you're going through upon Him there. Isaiah 37:16. O Lord our God, God of Israel, Thou dwellest between the cherubims. Thou art the God, even Thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, as I have said. For you have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our firmness. Aren't you glad you can touch him? Amen. Aren't you glad when you reach out, you can feel your hands get to going? Amen. He touches you. Praise God. Amen. You ever get to praying and all your whole body just starts shaking? It's like somebody's shaking you. <laughs> Amen. He's touching you. You can feel him. You can touch him. Amen. He's as close as mention of his name. Amen. So when we come to the mercy seat, we humble ourselves as you based in the Shekinah glory of the Lord. Amen. My Hispanic brothers always tell me that, you know, God was Hispanic because he's always talking about the Shekinah glory. You know, you know. so, but, but just based in his presence, just get lost in his presence sometime. Amen. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Amen. Enter that mercy seat. Come before his presence. Amen. And give thanks. And then you have the Ark of the Covenant, a box of wood and gold representing the humility, humanity, excuse me, and deity of Jesus Christ. It contains the stones, tables, tablets, the rod of Aaron, and the pot of manna. Amen. So we pray at the altar of the covenant, the table of stone, God's law and commandments written with the fingers of God. Pray the Ten Commandments. God, there's no other God but you. You are the only wise God. You are the great I am, the way, the truth. You are the almighty. You are the bread of life. You are the comforter. You are the door. You are the everlasting life. Amen. You just go on and on and on. Amen. 
There is no other. God, I will not have any other God before you. God, I will not promise. I promise that I will have no other God before you, Lord God. God, I promise I will never take your name in vain, God. I will make sure that I live a life that I'm never taking your name in vain. God, I will always remember the Sabbath. Uh, amen. Because you are the Sabbath, Jesus. And I will keep your name holy. I will keep you holy in everything that I do. I will keep my life holy, oh God, before you. I will be a holy witness, amen, for you. God, I will honor my father and my mother all the days of my life. God, you are my father. The church is my mother, and I will honor them for the rest of my my life. Amen. Praise God. Amen. God, I won't steal. God, I won't kill. God, I won't bear false witness against any. God, I will not take, you know, your name. I will not, you know... Go on and on and on. Amen. Just talk to God. Just have a little talk with Him. Amen. Pray the Ten Commandments. Amen. Make, amen, obligations towards God. Amen. And our obligation to our fellow man, how we treat each other. The rod of Aaron. The rod represents authority. Pray with authority. You know, get the attitude of Moses. God, you know, if you ain't going to deliver, take my name out the book. That's praying with authority, isn't it? Amen. You got to be bold. Amen. The righteous are as bold as the lion. Pray with authority. Amen. You don't have to be ashamed. He's made a way for you to come. You know, I don't understand everything. And sometimes you, you, you just may have to get bold. And says, God, I don't understand. Why? You know? Just get bold. But I'm putting my trust in you. You know, it's okay to get a little frustrated at the altar every now and then. You know, but be bold. Amen. You pray with authority. God, I command. Amen. This to transpire. Your, I plead your blood. I command. But your word says, God. Amen. Hold him to his word. Amen. That's what, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Jehoshaphat did. He just went to the accord and he says, God, you said. Amen. And what happened? God responded. You know, look at Elijah. You know, when he prayed, he prayed and not rain for three and a half months and didn't rain. And when it was time to rain again, he bowed down and told his servant, go seven times. It's going to rain. Tell the king it's going to rain. Amen. We pray with authority. Amen. Believe God. Amen. So, play with authority for our family, for our lost loved ones. God, you said, you know, pray for them. Pray for them. Put them on the altar. You know, God, I'm putting my son, I'm putting my daughter, I'm putting my loved one on this altar. You said, God, in your word. And quote the scripture. Just quote the scripture back to him. You said in your word. You know, hold him to his word. He can't lie. He'll come through. Amen. Praise God. The man of heavenly food that was fresh always. Amen. Every day they got fresh manna. You want a fresh word every day from God. You want to be refreshed. You want to be renewed constantly in the spirit and in the power 
of God always. Amen. Notice what the Lamentation 3 says. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope it is of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed because his compassion to him. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. So this is just a small God to help us, amen, to pray and, and, and where to pray. Amen. And give us a little bit of encouragement and strength. So get this down into your heart as you're studying and in your study time. Go through some of this stuff and practice it and get used to it. And you don't have to become repetitions with it. You know, you want to just have something that you can look back to or look upon to be able to help you in this process. Process. Amen. Number four in your paper, word to pray. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Amen. Notice the church was praying for Peter. Peter is in prison. He's taking a nap, but the church is praying for him. Amen. They are in, in John Mark's mother's house, uh, there in, in Acts 13. Amen. And they're praying for Peter. Now when you pray, come on. This, this story is, 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 is kind of sad. In a sense. Cause they're praying, they don't believe. Jesus says all things is possible to them that can believe. So when Peter gets out of prison, they plan for him to be released. He's released. He gets out of prison. He goes to the house and he knocks on the door. Rhoda says, hey, Peter's here. They say, oh, no, he's not. He must be his, his angel or something. You know? If we pray, we've got to believe all things are possible to him that can believe. Amen. There was a remarkable change, as you see on your paper, of the disciples. Amen. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, after they was born again, it was a thrust, amen, that they grabbed a hold of this thing and the importance of prayer. Amen. We need to pray. We pray when we assemble together. We have a half an hour of prayer before every service. Amen. We encourage you uh, to pray. Continue. There's been many places that I pray. Before I back my car out of my driveway, amen, the first thing I do is I pray. I says, God, I need you to keep your hand upon this vehicle. I need you to keep all the drunks and craziness out of the way. You know, I put a hedge of protection around my vehicle. I need you to keep this vehicle safe. I need you, God, whatever, amen, don't let anything happen to this vehicle. Amen, I need your safety. I pray that way. When I get on an airplane, before I ever go, I pray. You know, I, I get in airports and people look at me like I'm crazy every time they, they announce over the, the system that the flight is late because of a command, uh, uh, mechanical problem. And you always, I'm always close to somebody that wants to complain. I can't believe this. You know, they go, on. I said, let me ask you a question. Would you rather it happen down here or would you rather it happen up there? <laughs> you know, I said, as long as I'm down here, I'm okay. But when I'm up there and it happened, there ain't nothing I can do. But, but I said, so I'm praying. Amen. So that God is, so I'm just taking it that God is fixing it before I ever get up there. 
Amen. So I pray when I'm on ship or at sea, I'm, I'm already, always praying. If I go fishing, I always pray. God don't let me fall in the river, you know. And whatever, I'm always praying. Amen. When I go to Walmart, I pray, God, whoever needs to know about you today, put them in my path. Amen. Put me in the checkout counter line that whoever needs to hear about you or going through things that need to see, make a way. Amen. So we need to always have prayer. We need to be ready to pray. The early church, amen, they started out with prayer. And we must continue to pray as always. Amen. When Solomon dedicated the temple in First Kings chapter 8, amen, we see here that Solomon, he, he spreads, he, first you, you find as you're reading, you see that Solomon is standing. He's standing in the mix and he's praying to God as he dedicates the temple. By the time you get down to the 50-some verse, he's on his knees. You know, he's down on his knees, and then the Bible says he gets up from off his knees. Amen. The position doesn't really matter as long as you're talking to God. Amen. As long as you're communicating with God, you want to be able to talk to Him. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, <coughs> excuse me, Daniel, <coughs> excuse me, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, we see here that after the king signed the decree about no praying because these guys got jealous because Daniel was always praying. Yeah. Isn't it amazing somebody get mad because you're praying? <laughs> Amen. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened into his chamber towards Jerusalem. He knelt upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and make a supplication before God. Amen. He went into his house. He knelt down. He opened the window just like before. He continued to pray. Amen. Nothing. No matter the decree. You know, I hear people say all the time, oh, they're taking prayer out of school. They're taking the prayer out of this. They're taking prayer out of Oh, they're taking it out. How in the world they taking it out? Only way they take it out is you stop praying. You know? There's nothing to say you got to stand up in the middle of the building and, and pray. You know? You can pray sitting at your desk. You can pray walking down the hall. Nothing is stopping you from praying. You know? Jesus is, when he told the parable of the Pharisee, and and the and the publican, what did the publican do? He just was quiet and smoked his breath and said, God forgive me a sinner. You know, it was the Pharisee that was walking around, God, I thank you, I'm not like this guy, you know, exalter, you know, and all that. I pay tithes this and I do this and I do this. He was boastful. And Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down, you know, more blessed than this other guy. You know? 
You don't have to yell and scream to get God's attention. You know, we can pray constantly, you know, for the situations that we're faced in, the places we're, go- we're at, and the things we do, and the places we work. You know, we don't even have to yell and scream. You know, just pray. I used to pray in my office all the time. I used to pray in the staff meetings, you know, and sit at the staff table, you know, with the colonels and the generals. I'd be praying. You know, on the field, I'd go pray. You know, you don't have to yell and scream to get God's attention. See? So they ain't taking prayer out of school, not unless you stop praying. He still works. Even when we can't see him, he's working. Amen. He never stops. He never stops working. Amen. So just keep praying. Amen. Don't, don't, don't stop. Daniel went to his house. He opened his window as he did every time before. And he knelt down and he prayed even though the decree was signed. Amen. He knew. And when Daniel went to prison, what happened? The king even prayed. <laughs> Darius even got on his knees. Uh, he doesn't say he got on his knees, but he prayed that God would protect him. He was up all night. Amen. Because he had favor. Daniel had found favor with the king. Amen. And Jesus prayed in the garden. Amen. And look at Matthew chapter 26 here. Matthew 26, starting with verse 41, I think it is. Well, we back up to, let's back up to 39. No, 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 no. Keep you on your toes. <laughs> let's start, let's start with verse 38. Then said he unto him, My soul is exceeding sorrow for you, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he came unto the disciples, and finding them asleep, and he said unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptations. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went again, away again the second time and prayed, said, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, and their eyes was heavy. And he left them and went away again the third, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hours at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed unto the hands of Sinners, Amen. Notice, he, in the garden, Jesus prayed. Amen. He prayed. He said, told his disciples, watch and pray. He said, the flesh is willing. I mean, weak, but the spirit is willing. We've got to be willing to press through. Sometimes when it's hard, when it's tired, time is usually those times you should probably press through. Amen. And sometimes, you know, you may have worked all day. Sometimes you may have gone through a whole lot. 
you know, you just don't feel like, man, I don't have the energy, I don't have the strength. But what I have found for me is usually as soon as I make that effort, amen, to call upon that name, he gives me strength. He begins to build me up. Amen. He, he, there's something that uh, that regenerates and renew inside of me that I am able to keep going for a whole hour in that prayer service. Amen. Because God is great. He understands the things we have need of before we ever ask to Him. So right where you are, no matter where you are, you can always pray. Amen. Amen. I, Jesus says in Luke 18, I would that men would pray and not faint. It's important. Look at Nehemiah chapter 1. Go to Nehemiah chapter 1 here. Let's, let's look how Nehemiah begins here. Nehemiah chapter 1, I want to pick up a couple of points here for you uh, in Nehemiah. The word of Nehemiah, the son of Hakilah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu, or December, in the twelfth year, as I was at Shushan, in the palace that Hananiah, one of the brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked him concerning the Jews that had escaped, which was left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnants that are left of the captivity there in the providence are in great afflictions and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven. Notice, he got bad news, and what did he do? He immediately started praying. He immediately stopped praying when he got the bad news. Amen. Now notice verse 5. And said, I beseech thee, O Lord of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them, that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel thy servant, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which he has sinned against thee, both I and my father's house, have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commandest, thou servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commanded thy servant Moses, saying, If you transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn unto me, and keep my commandments, and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost parts of the heavens, yet will I gather them from thence, and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong arm. Notice how he prays with authority. Notice what he does. He takes God right back to his word. 
what God says he would do. Amen. He goes, even though he got the bad news that they were scattered, amen, and they was being afflicted, he went to pray immediately and held God to his word, what God says he would do. Amen. Now notice also here, verse 11, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servants, and to the prayer of thy servants, who desire to fear thy name, and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Now notice, Nehemiah knows he's going to go to the king. Amen. So he's petitioning God already to make the king's heart soft. To be for the king to find favor with the king. He has a plan of what he feels he needs to do. Amen. But he needs God to touch this king. He's the king's cupbearer. Amen. And so therefore, he needs to have favor of this man to release him to go do what God has want him to do. Chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in the month Nisan, or April. Nice four months later, compared to our calendar, right? He gets the bad news in December. Put a long time to pray, huh? <laughs> but he's still doing what he's supposed to do. So here he is, he's praying. And in the 20th year of the Texas, the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid, and I said unto king, the king, Let the king live forever. Why should, I not, should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of thy father's sepulchre, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? The king said, What do you want? Did he just blow it out? What's the next verse? No. Nope. So I prayed to God. So I prayed to the God of heaven. He goes to prayer again. Amen. It's probably some time space in here, you know. And I said unto the king, if it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me into Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchre, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also said in by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And where will thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given to me, to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come unto Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's force, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertain to the house, and for the wall of the city. And for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon 
Amen. Upon me. Notice, it all started with prayer. He gets bad news. He goes to God in prayer. He makes, holds God to his word. And then he asks God to touch the king's heart. And the God touches the king's heart. And as God touches the king's heart, as he comes before the king, the king says, what, you, you never came before me, sad before. What's the matter? And he began to pour out his heart and tell him what the problem was. And so the king releases him. The king gives him everything he has need of to rebuild the wall. Amen. He releases him to be able to go do that. Notice how prayer works. Amen. When we hold God to his word, when we come before him, amen, with purity of heart and purity of mind, amen, God will make a way. And sometimes it may take a while. But notice, he got the bad news in December. He doesn't go tell the king until April. You know, and so the, the softening process is there. Amen. And so don't give up. Amen. God knows the things we have need of before we ask of him. Amen. So we must learn how to pray. We, No matter where we are, we are to pray. We are to seek the Lord while he may be found. Amen. Trust God. Wait on God. Don't take matters into your own hand. It would have been easy for Nehemiah to just say, Man, I'm out of here. I'm going to go AWOL. I'm leaving. You know, I'm going to go back and help my brothers and sisters. But no. He got God involved from the onset. So anytime you get news, let God work. The Bible says he'll work if we let him. Don't take matters in your own hand. Just trust God. Just believe God. Amen. As E.M. Bounds says, prayer should not be regarded as a duty which must be performed, but rather as a privilege to enjoy a rare delight that is always revealing some new beauty. Amen. And when God works, it's going to be beautiful. When Nehemiah finished that wall, man, I mean, it is beautiful. If you ever went to Jerusalem today to see the wall, how big and how lustrous it is. Amen. It is a beautiful place. Amen. So, I know it's been, you know, remodeled some and everything else. But just think about how God works. He'll work on your behalf. Amen. Just trust Him. And Elijah prayed and says, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Amen. That's what we want. You know, do we pray this? You know, I know that, that Elijah was praying for, you know, his servant because his servant seen all the, the enemy around the wall. And he says, you know, God opened his eyes that he can see that there's more with us than we with them. You know, there's, uh, we may have loved ones that are not serving God. Do we pray, God, open their eyes? You know, God, open their eyes that they can see where they are. Open their eyes that they can see your beauty. Open their eyes that something that they're walking around. If the heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the front of it show forth his hand his work. You know, God, open their eyes. You know, put some, that's my prayer always. You know, God put someone in their pathway that it will bring light, a situation, a circumstance, whatever it takes to open their eyes so that they can be able to see your love and kindness and turn to mercies and begin to see the value and the importance of your relationship and their relationship with you. That's, that's how I pray for, for people that is not serving God. Open their eyes. You know? 
so that they can be able to see. Because what Paul says, if this gospel is hid, it's hid to them who's lost, and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. See, so I need the scales to come off their eyes. I need those, their eyes to be open so that they can see God and His beauty. Amen. And all kinds of situations, you know. I've got all kinds of stories of people who says, I don't know why in the world God sent me that way or why I was even there, you know. But you never know, you know, what God will do. Amen. So praise God. So let's just keep praying that God would open their eyes. Amen. In Acts 16, we'll talk about that next week. Paul and Silas in prison. Amen. Jailhouse rock. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's take a break.